Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. You know, if you've been with us the last several episodes, many episodes as a matter of fact, you know that we've been looking at uh, where the scripture shows us very places where various places where people were praying on behalf of their nation, on behalf of a people, uh, specifically because of the sin that they had been committing. And we've looked at Daniel chapter 9 and uh, see Ezra chapter 9, and now we're looking at Nehemiah chapter 9. And again, all these things are very, very useful to see how they came before the Lord. And it's really a pattern for us. What we've seen in Nehemiah is they began by blessing the Lord, by blessing His glorious name and praising Him. And then they declared that He was the the Lord alone. And uh, they went all the way back to creation. They said that you were the one that created everything, the heavens, the earth, and the sea. Then they uh, spoke of how He chose Abraham and how Abraham... His heart had been uh, found to be uh, honest. His heart had been found to be faithful unto the Lord, and the Lord made a covenant with him. And then how the Lord saw their affliction in Egypt, how he brought them out of Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea, and how the Lord had done all sorts of wonders in Egypt and divided the sea and brought them through. And then how the Lord provided for them when they were in uh, the desert, following the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. The Lord gave them uh, food. He gave them water. Uh, he was merciful to them. He gave them good statutes, good rules. And yet they acknowledged that their forefathers had not followed those things, that they had acted presumptuously, that they had stiffened their necks, that they had turned away from the commandments, that they had turned their shoulders. There's just all sorts of ways that it's expressed. And they'd even uh, built a golden calf and committed great blasphemies. But even in the midst of all that, God uh, didn't withhold things from them. He provided for them. He sustained them. Their clothes didn't wear out. Okay, their feet didn't swell. And the Lord gave them the land <clears throat> that uh, He said that He was going to give to them. And they went in. They were able to capture this land. And when they did, there were cities there that they didn't have to build. It was a rich land that they didn't have to clear and prepare. It was ready to plant again. Uh, there were houses they took possession of. Uh All the good things were there. The good things were described as cisterns that were already hewn. They didn't have to dig wells, in other words. Uh, Vineyards, olive uh, orchards, what else, fruit trees uh, were all in abundance. And these were things that take time to bring a fruit from. In other words, they didn't have to plant a tree and wait five years to get fruit from it. It was already there. But then he said, the, the people said, but nevertheless... Our forefathers, they were disobedient, they were rebellious, and they went their own way, so God handed them over to the enemies for judgment. But even in the midst of that judgment, they, uh, the Lord did not turn away from them. Even when they acted that way, the Lord bore with them, even though they would not listen. <clears throat> and so what we're seeing is, uh, verse 31, he said, Nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end to them or forsake them. For you are a gracious and merciful God. That's the thing, the word that just keeps being driven in over and over and over, that he's gracious, that he is merciful. Then verse 32, now, therefore, (laughs) yeah, therefore, what is therefore for? You know the old adage, when you see therefore, look to see what is therefore. 
poor grammar, but um, you know, a good idea. Now, therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love, let not all the hardship seem little to you that has come upon us, upon our kings, our princes, our priests, our prophets, our fathers, and all your people, since the time of the kings of Assyria until this day. So they were saying this, Lord, you are the great, you're the mighty, you're the awesome God. You keep your covenant, your steadfast love. Everything we've just recounted reminds us of this, and we know this, and we are aware of this. So they're saying, let the hardship that we have, don't let it seem as nothing to you. In other words, from the time of Assyria, when you uh, used Assyria to judge the northern kingdom, and they were hauled off in the captivity in 722 B.C., southern kingdom was hauled off in captivity uh, five by 586 B.C. by the Babylonians. And now the people are back up on the land. They're saying this, Lord, don't let that be a small thing. We know what you have done. We know your judgment and that your judgment is right. So let it not be a small thing. In other words, let this be all there is to it. Verse 33, yet you have been righteous in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully and we have acted wickedly. They are acknowledging that their forefathers had acted wickedly. They're also acknowledging that they have acted wickedly. Okay, Verse 34, he says, Our kings, our princes, our priests, and our fathers have not kept your law or paid attention to your commandments and your warnings that you gave them. Remember, the Lord did give them warnings, <coughs> excuse me, through the prophets. Through the prophets, he gave them warnings, but they gave no heed to it. Verse 35 continues, even in their own kingdom and amid your great goodness that you gave them and in the large and rich land that you set before them, they did not serve you or turn from their wicked ways. And so verse 36, they're sort of bringing things to a conclusion here. Behold, we are slaves this day in the land that you gave to our fathers to enjoy his fruit and his good gifts. Behold, we are slaves. And you know what? I think this is really quite a vivid word for us. Most of us live in the Western world, and we live in situations that are quite proud of the fact that we're free. But, uh, you know, I there's, I don't remember who it was, but someone said there is no greater slave than he who thinks he's free. Okay, And that's where we are right now. And that's what they were saying. They were saying we're slaves. And then they give some uh, insight into what it is. Verse 37, we're up on this land and it's rich yield. The rich yield of the land goes to the kings whom you've set over us because of our sin. Okay, They rule over our bodies and over our livestock as they please, and we are in great distress. Now we're getting down to the reason why they're praying. They're in great distress. And the reason they're in great distress is because the kings that are over them, the ones that are ruling over them, because they have been disobedient, and this is the ones that the Lord gave them, they're doing horrible things to them. The rich yield of the land goes to the kings. The same happens to us today. 
you know, we literally rebelled against Great Britain because of, uh, I think, a 1% or 2% tax. And for the most part, when you add everything up in the United States, how much people are taxed, they would be absolutely uh, shocked and flummoxed. People have no idea. They'll say, oh, I don't have to pay taxes for this and that. But they forget that everything they buy and every uh, monetary transaction that you make is taxed. And so we're taxed at a 50 to 60 percent rate, probably even higher than that in something. So more than half is taken away automatically. They rule over our bodies, over our lifestyle. That's what happens. You ever try to get health care? You ever try to do it without filling out a mountain of paperwork that's required by governmental entities? They rule over our livestock. How's that? You can't even sell a cow like you used to be able to. You can't even water them like you could uh, even 30 years ago. The same thing is happening. So the last verse, verse 38, because of all this, we make a firm covenant in writing on the sealed documents are the names of our princes, our Levites, and our priests. So they had actually written this prayer out. They had written this covenant out. They had declared it before God as the Levites, as the leadership, and as the people. And they said, God, we know we don't deserve this, but we know that you are merciful. We're in great distress. Will you please do something? I think it's a phenomenal prayer for us to lift up on behalf of a nation, and I would encourage you to do it, okay? Go back before you retire today and read the ninth chapter of Nehemiah and see what the Lord says to you. Uh, I thank you for this time together. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you again next time.